Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Silent Cast. Myself and just Glenn this week, no guest. Um, and yeah, we're we're back to discuss the um, Tranmere victory away on the road. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast, Glenn. Nice, nice to talk to you. No problem. I've just been talking about, I've got a bit of a new audio setup this week. So I'll be interested to see how, uh, how, how different it sounds to people this week. Because um, yeah, it's a bit closer up, Ollie. So we're thinking hopefully we'll have a bit clearer. My audio might not be as echoey this week. So that'll be an improvement. Cool. So yeah, we both went, um, both made our way um, to Tranmere. Um, to Birkenhead. Um, yep. Yeah, I I went. I'd made a journey up and went a completely different road I've never been on before. Up from from basically Stourbridge to Telford to Witchchurch. Um, oh yeah. To Chester, and then I met. I went and met um, a guy who used to work in my team, who still works for Mavities, but his wife, his, his wife, his girlfriend <laughs> um, moved to Bentley. So yeah. they moved to the Northwest. So we met them and their little dog. So it was nice to see them. So nice. Yeah, it was really funny. It was like basically like a one minute diversion off, off my route, which is quite funny. So That's good. Yeah, so it's always nice to go and meet people was... you haven't seen for a while, is it? Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. So yeah, that was my journey. And you played football in the morning, didn't you, Glenn? Well, you didn't play football, <laughs> you you managed the team. <laughs> I wish I could still play football. Yeah, with the away sport, I was at a game um, in Chester on the way up there. So um, yeah, I was taking over the managerial reins, I keep mentioning. And uh, yeah, I, we, we got a 2-0 win, which is good. We'll talk a little bit more about the away sport. It was in Salop News, actually, Ollie, because um, there's a couple of thanks I want to put out there and just kind of give everyone a bit of an update of how it's gone so far this season. So um, yeah, it was nice. It's good, and, and it was good because it it's new people that I'd not really met until the team kind of came together. So it was nice to go to the Tranmere um, uh, fan zone beforehand, you know, watch most of the Spurs game there with, with all the town players that had played for the away sporters. And um, yeah, it was a re- I really enjoyed it. it. was a You know, we'll talk about the atmosphere as well in a little bit, but it was a cracking away day, wasn't it really? Yeah, it was a good away day. A lot of a good atmosphere and, and yeah, yeah. Um, a good number of town fans. So oh, yeah, I guess we should jump into the action. Certainly. But there's Shrewsbury second. They can't deal with it. And it's Cameron Gale. So Saturday, a positive result on the road for Shrewsbury Town. Um, as we just said, we went to Tramier Rovers and came away with a 1-0 win through a Callum Lang goal on 20 minutes, according to Sky. Although we shall come to that later, Ollie, because there is some debate over who got the goal. So um, yeah, that, that was the, the main goal scoring news. There was obviously a red card as well, which we'll come to. Um, and, and a fantastic away following. So there was 7,314 with 948 Town fans, which was, which was absolutely brilliant. And um, we'll, we'll come to the the, the atmosphere later on, Ollie, because I think there's a few points in the game where it was fantastic and we should talk about it. But who was who was the man we were, were sort of focusing on pre-match, really? Was Mickey Mellon, Ollie? Yeah, so he's obviously interested in playing Mickey Mellon. And it's really funny about the timing. It doesn't feel like three years ago. No. Um, and today, Sunday, so those who will be listening at the start of the week, so it's obviously Sunday the 6th of October. And it was the 7th of October that we released our first ever extra when Mickey Mellon got yeah. sacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was quite funny. I remember recording it using my iPhone using an iPhone and an iPad <laughs> and two sets of iPhone headphones, we managed to kind of, yeah, squeeze out a podcast. And I was stuck up. I was working away. I was in Kendall that night when Mickey Mellon left. Do you remember? I was working away from home, yeah. so I had to cobble together all sorts of audio bits and pieces to record that. And it is it is funny when you do think about, you know, that, that first season we started doing the podcast is, is the last six months of Mellon, wasn't it? And yeah. well, it wasn't even six months in the end, was it? It was probably like three no. or four. But um, how things have changed since then and the fact we've gone through the Hurst era and now into a totally different era. It's so much changes at a small football club that, um, you know, doesn't quite win every week, and and it's all you know. We, we can look a bit more reflective on this, but we've always got something to talk about. With Shrewsbury Town. There's always some story or narrative or something that fans are interested in, and it it's been a good ride, hasn't it, since the Mickey Mellon days when we first started. It's certainly been a journey. <laughs> that's that's what is one thing. Um, and um, yeah, talking of um, journeys in history, um, so Phil Thomas has 
and been getting in, into the Stato game in recent yeah, weeks. Yeah. And he did a bit of head-to-head before the game. So well, thanks to Phil for this data. So we'll, we'll always steal with pride. Um, so going into this game, um, Tranmere um, had a, a healthy lead over Shrewsbury in terms of victories and with 21 to mm. um, Salop's 10 with 11 draws. So now obviously we've made it 11 wins to their 21 wins. So I think it's fair to say it's going to be a few years until we catch them up. Well, yeah, the way they played on Saturday, it might not be that many years. We won't play them again, will we? Oh, I know. True, if they get relegated. Or we go up, Ollie. Who knows? But um, Who knows? yeah, we've never really had a good record. And it feels like we've had a really bad record at Prenton Park. I can only remember a couple of wins myself in the time I've been watching Salop where we won there. I remember one game we won there on TV. Do you remember that one, Ollie? Where I think Chris Porter and Cameron Gale scored. That seems to stick in my mind. And there was a um, a match where we, we won on Sky. One of the very few games we had on Sky is just a normal league game. So yeah, I think outside of that, though, I don't remember too many too many positive games but yeah Phil, Phil stats I should say yeah, Phil, Phil Thomas on Twitter I think on the Blue and Amber account I've retweeted some of his stuff but um, I've been sort of helping him with some of the data sources he's been using as well and he's, he's got some good things lined up so keep an eye on that account he's got some interesting stats coming up as the season goes on but that, that's good so yeah we didn't have a particularly good record there but what we did have at the moment is a reasonably settled team Ollie so do you want to run through the team? Yep so um, so we had a Lyrian goal Williams and um, Pierre um, started um, with Ebex Landel injured and he played in the centre um, with Beckles on the left um, yep. a few people thought that maybe Beckles would play in the centre but I could think we could see why Pierre played there um, he was very yes. dominant um, we had um, Love and Giles as wing backs. Um, Goss, Laurent and Norburn, which is a very, very settled um, midfield three. Um, now, yeah. Lang and Udo, which is was a, which was, think was a big surprise because most people expected um, Cummings to play. What did, you, what did you make of that one? For me, I thought, obviously he's come in, he's had this impact at Wimbledon off the bench. He's, he's then started a couple of games, but possibly drifted out of it due to sort of his fitness not quite being there because of a, of a lack of a good pre-season um, and, and, and maybe not been as effective. So, obviously... Um, I said on the podcast last week about how positive Ricketts had been about a doe. So I think that I think the writing had been on the wall really to make that one change. It doesn't mean that Cummins isn't going to be a decent player for us, but I just think maybe gradually introducing him in and letting him get his, his proper fitness back before unleashing him might not be the worst idea, to be honest with you. But I, I you know, I, I'm not sure whether I'd use the word drop there, more more rested. I don't know what about you, Ollie. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you there. Yeah. I think it was more of a let's take the positive angle on it. Um, but I yeah, totally agree with you. I think it's probably yeah. more that a doe has been impressive. Um, he's physically, he's you know, he's quite powerful, and having Lang and Udo obviously was going to be quite a, a dynamic, you know, team. A, it was strikers that were going to be able to press and work, and yeah, have a player who's not quite fit but quality, or a player that's got something to prove um, and is fully fit. So yeah, I think you went for the fully fit, and obviously he's been impressing in training because yeah, um, Ricketts has been quite keen to point out um, how pleased he has he has been with him yep he has and obviously Faye's been injured otherwise it probably may well have been Faye that's getting his run yeah. now so it, it, it's just one of those bits of the kind of luck that's come along for Odo and um, as we go through the game we'll talk about it because I thought he did pretty well to be honest with you and the other good piece of news pre-kickoff Ollie was we weren't in the horrible white kit that we've seemed to be pretty rubbish in away from home we were back in purple and uh, you know maybe maybe that white kit's just as cursed as the black one Ollie I don't know what about what about that yeah it was good to see the purple kit <laughs> it's really weird um, I was playing someone on FIFA 20 this morning All right. And for some reason, you can't, well, as far as I'm aware, you can't change your kit after you start playing someone online. So I actually played someone who chose the the purple Shrewsbury kit. Oh, there you the go. trouble is, I was in the Roma purple kit. <laughs> and you could hardly tell, you could literally couldn't tell the difference between the two. Kit clash. 
yeah, Kit Clash. I've, I've been I've been playing Volta on FIFA more than anything. I quite like the little five aside, yeah, three aside game. Yeah, have a go at that. It's quite more. good. Yeah, you should have a go at that. But um, I don't. I'll probably spend too much time doing that sort of thing. I should probably go out and do a bike ride or a run ollie before I get too lazy over the winter. But that's a whole other problem. Um, yes. So say we saw the team news, and we I saw everyone was digesting it in the in the fan zone. Uh, probably just before we come to the game, actually, uh, the fan zone was I have to say a big word up for Tramia's fan zone. Absolutely fantastic facilities. Like a big sort of tent you'd get at a marquee for a wedding. Big bar in there. Decent prices for beer and cider and, and bottles. In there um there was food on offer just outside which you could come in and out with massive tv screen down the one end with with the sort of premiership game on and sort of beer keller type tables all through the place it was a really really good atmosphere in there I, I, it's probably one of the top sort of 10 15 of the last five or six years of, of good away game pre-game atmospheres with fans mixing big 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 positive that for Tramier. i think it's the sort of thing that makes an away day yeah it's funny you mentioned that i didn't do anything like that i just parked <laughs> outside some quite nice little residential houses and walked for 10 minutes up to the ground again i'm parking for free as always yes me too me too i was only just up the road to be fair but um yeah and then we went in there straight out of the fan zone with a, with a nice with a nice burger from a brioche bun tell you what it's the way we roll um got got into the ground and what a noise! And I got in only a couple of minutes before kickoff. I was going to come and find you and sit by you, but it was just it was too busy by that point in time. And um, so we were just looking for seats, and we got in, and the teams were just coming out. And and what a sound, Ollie! Yeah, absolutely um, fantastic atmosphere from the Shrewsbury Town fans. We made a lot of noise all game, and yeah, it always says a lot when the managers has has some have something at the end of the game about the fans. But yeah, <laughs> fans, fans are in good spirits, and there was also a lot of fans who I don't think actually watched the game <laughs> who were drinking <laughs> underneath. Yeah, um, there was quite a few of those. I did see a few people. That, uh, to be fair, I mean, yeah, I say the the noise which we just played then was the noise of when, when the town players came out, and the the fans were absolutely keyed up. It had little shades of Berry away, really, because of again that sort of acoustics of it and the fact that everyone was really keyed up for the game so um yeah and, and the, the acoustics and, is a good point that's yes. why i was quite keen to record quite a few clips so yeah we've got a, quite a few good chance that we can use over the next few weeks from this yes, game we can do but i'm just going to say word up to, to someone this week ollie for the atmosphere is um the drummer um I, i've forgotten his name now i, I did remember it and I've, i think i've met him once but he did a fantastic job really keeping everybody going this time with the drum and sometimes people moan about the drum but actually i think it really added to what what, the, what was the atmosphere on saturday everyone was chanting but it was got the kind of going across the whole of that block really which i thought was fantastic so sometimes the, the guy doesn't get any credit i thought it was a good idea to give him some credit this week yep no fair play yeah, he did a good job <laughs> and yeah all the town fans are singing and it's one of those away days where you get you know not just one block you've got quite a lot of blocks all joining in so it was yeah a very good atmosphere loads of people standing as well wasn't there which always says something so that was good so yeah and then obviously soon as that the the town fans the town players came warmed up right in front of us which really keyed everybody up as well and um lined up and and that was it the game kicked off and um how did it start for you ollie yeah i thought tranmere started better than us and they managed to get a foot on the ball um, and they managed to pass the ball around quite well and actually start quite well considering a team that um, yeah is, is not doing so well and obviously it's it actually near the bottom in the, in the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. They seem to target um, our left-hand side, um, obviously watching the Fleetwood game, um, and yeah, they were ta- um, targeting balls over the top of Beckles, but I think we'll have to say, and I remember you saying this on Twitter, Glenn, yeah. um, I thought Beckles did well and, and they both yeah. worked really hard um, to kind of nullify that attacking threat and that, that focus area they were doing on that, that part of our defence. 
it's really obvious it wasn't it? I think everybody could see that straight away and um, obviously they did identify Beckles as potentially that weak link but and sometimes Beckles has come in for some criticism this season and, and over the seasons he's been with us but it was one of those ones where actually he had a lot of tricky stuff to deal with particularly in the air and sort of tricky players trying to knock it over him and go and, and he just about did enough didn't he he'd always get a toe on it or track back or stay on his feet when he needs to stay on his feet it was a couple of times where he could easily have given a penalty away and he also was enjoying the rough and tumble stuff with Payne and um, I think maybe Connor Jennings and another one of the sort of forward players that um, uh, that Tramier had and he stood up to it and if he needed to go down and win a sensible free kick he did that if he needed to stand up and be hard and push them down he did as well so credit to Beckles and Giles as well when you're talking about that side as well because he did sort of kind of cover Beckles when needs be as well I think, I think of the two Beckles was probably more impressive than Giles and maybe got caught out of position a couple of times but they, they did enough in that opening period to, to sort of stop that early tide of, of Tramier pressure yeah no I think he did a good job and he, he took a nasty tackle I'm sure I think it was an error yes, on Payne more clumsy so. but yeah it wasn't particularly nice and I think it's worth just kind of pointing out that um, Tramier whether they were G'd up by a very kind of um, enthusiastic Mickey Mellon but there was a lot of kind of fouls and tasty tackles from Tramier who were trying to get at us yeah, I mean, particularly, I think the Norburn factor, um, the the Mickey Mellon factor, particularly in that game, there was obviously a little bit of an edge to the game. I thought the whole way through, the whole it did feel like it could combust at any minute sometimes, and it was a very very hard fought game. It wasn't you know one for anyone that was going to shirk tackles, um, which was good because we got we had three in midfield that would go in and sort of try and win the ball. So um, I, th- I thought that made it a really entertaining watch, Ollie, because it was pr- pr- a proper competitive game all the way through even when they went down to 10 it was a hard battle for both teams and that's what you want to see really is two teams going at it yeah but it was nice to have a few more goals I think that's well, fair to say we'll get but, to that yeah, in definitely, the second half definitely a competition <laughs> um, and after what we'd seen the week before against Fleetwood oh, where God, we yeah. kind of turned off it was definitely a you know, marked improvement um, from that from last week huge yeah huge uh, definitely and I think one of the things for me that was one of the reasons after that good start by Tranmere that turned the game around a little bit was having some pace up front Ollie you know having Lang and Odo um, with Laurent joining in and having three that will go and press like we've talked about further up the pitch I can't remember which game it was one of the home games where we, we saw a marked improvement when we pushed further up the pitch with I think Laurent when he first came back it, it does make a big difference it gives the defence time to breathe a little bit it makes the midfield get out a little bit um, it sometimes it's gives something you like to see isn't it I know it you, obviously this links a little bit to that Steve Morrison interview interview doesn't he yeah, on does TV football where he talks about sometimes you don't press um but I think I think if we're playing you know uh, in a, against I don't know and a Chelsea or something like that in the FA Cup then yeah pressing might be a bit daft but against a team that is below us in the league um you'd like to see the team press and particularly um Lauren is really good at kind of doing that isn't he he's, he's, he's strong and he's quite pacey and that was our first real attack yeah. Um, Loring uses strength to win the ball on the right-hand side of the pitch. He runs past a Tranmere play, passes to Norburn, who shoots. And that was a decent effort and a good save from their keeper. He's like a thief, Lawrence. He sort of sneaks. He can. He just wins yeah, the ball. Yeah, picks people's yeah, pocket, doesn't he? He is. He's like a thief. And um, no no, no knock on him. I'm not going to thief. He's uh, it, yeah, just like kind of the way he feels. His little roles become a little bit assassination. He sort of sneaks up on people and kind of wins that ball back and gets us going. And he does that bit really well. His thing he still needs to work on is either his finishing or his decision-making on the edge of the box which again, second half, he could have done a bit better. But winning us the ball back in those situations, as I said, we just talked about the way that that early pressing was getting his chance. And you're right, it, it did create that first chance. And um, yeah, it was a good save, to be fair, that by the keeper, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, it, it did, did sort of sort of 
point to where we were going to get our joy in that game, I thought, um, which is good. The, ne- the next thing we got on the agenda was that challenge by Jennings on Love where he got his first yellow card. I thought that was yeah. pretty nasty, to be fair. Yeah, it was nasty. Um, yeah. A nasty tackle. And it was quite... I don't know why what Payne was doing, whether he was just wound up as well, because obviously he was another player that was obviously playing for... who obviously played for Shrewsbury a few yeah. years ago and, and was on loan last season. Um, yeah, and still lives in the area. Um, and yeah, he was then given his peace of mind and Love had to almost defend himself, which I thought mm. was a bit odd, but I guess Payne was just playing some mind games. But yeah, first yellow card for, for Jennings. I mean, Payne and Pierre had a massive battle all through the game, didn't they? And that's what I meant about the, the battle that it was. It, there was a lot of individual battles that needed to be won to get us a result on Saturday. And another one that it's just made me think of was Payne you know, came away from Beckles after that first 15 minutes and he seemed to focus trying to get past Pierre the whole time. And Fair play, Pierre hardly let him have a chance in the whole game. He had a couple sort of as the game went on, but in general, Pierre sort of did a good job on, on Payne across the game, I thought. Yeah, I thought all, all defenders did a pretty yep, good job yep. overall. Um, we limited to very few chances um, when they had a full, a full complement and also uh, when they tried to come out. Because I think it's fair to say that, yeah, they didn't, even though it went down to 10 men, and they still carried on trying yes. throughout the game. For sure, for sure. And so, as I say, we'd started to get back into the game after the early start and we'd, we'd been robbing the ball and, and trying to go. But actually, the goal kind of came from a bit more direct uh, approach, really. So, yeah, 20 minutes in, we got we got ahead. Um, and O'Leary played it long uh, from the back. Tranmere player won the header against Pierre. But luckily, it fell down still in the box for us. And then Pierre takes the ball and rifles it towards goal and scores. Or does he? <laughs> I think it was, um, I've watched this quite a few times, uh, me and Bex had it on the big screen watching it back, and I think I mean, it's Lang's goal, the ball yeah. clearly takes a different turn of direction uh, when it gets near him, um, it's obviously hard to tell completely, because yeah, I don't have a H, you know, the, the, it isn't that clear in terms of the, <laughs> the, um, the video um, on iFollow, but for me it was, it was a Lang goal. Yeah, I mean, looks. I, I think so, on the, on the replays it looks like a Lang goal as well, but Pierre was unbelievably adamant in his post-match interview he'd scored and he was saying that Lang had given it him so I don't know how, how yeah, that works with Lang the FA said, then Lang did the um, yeah, Pinocchio um, yeah, did um, symbol on, on Twitter <laughs> which suggests that he doesn't agree with that but if the club are saying Pierre but Sky have given it to Lang and that's obviously the PA feed that they get I wonder who will eventually get given that you know, I think it's Lang yeah, I, I, it's very odd, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be good for the club to confirm who actually scored on Saturday because it's not odd. It's not often you get to Monday without knowing who actually scored one of the goals. But going back to the general play of it, I mean, it was BBC a great strike. Given it to Lang as well. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't see that today. But the strike from Pierre, let's be honest, was a great strike for a defender. He yeah. really hit it hard and low, didn't he? The keeper was never going to save it. Yeah, he did really well. To like the defender won the header, but he kind of fell down, and yes. he was really, really quick to react. Um, he, you know, was, you know, he was a bit of a fox in the box. He just got the ball straight away, got into control, and and yeah, and fired it across the box. So um, mm. yeah, a really, really good play from Pierre. Um, he was a good performance for him all round. I thought. It was. Just thinking about that goal, the other thing, the other reason I think on the day that Lang ran over pointing at Pierre like he'd scored was he thought he might have been offside and he didn't want the goal to get disallowed if he was that quick that quick thinking maybe. I don't know if, if strikers are that clever, but yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a very old one, wasn't it? But yeah, the, the town end went mental, didn't it? It was a proper yeah. proper one where everyone was up and going crazy and Sam Morris, who's been on the podcast, was standing behind me. He'd been drinking in Liverpool all day and he was dancing in the terraces, Tolly. It was, it was a sight to see, I tell you. So everyone was going crazy around us and I think that really carried the atmosphere even to another notch up. For the rest of the half, town, I didn't stop chanting the first half, to be honest with you. Yeah, town, town fans were, were in, um, in good voice. And mm. yeah, we had another cheer before the half was over. Um, so Payne <laughs> had a, a shot after a goal kick from um, Tranmere, um, but a good save from O'Leary. And it went for a corner. And, that was a great save, yeah, that was. Yeah, a really good save. Um, and then it, like, it took us a couple of attempts to get it, it clear, but it finally did. Um, and then we were kind of getting to the, the last minutes 
of the half in extra time where um, Love loses the ball in the kind of the centre of the park just into the into Tranmere's half the ball comes to a doe and Jennings goes in for the ball um, and yeah without saying kind of what I thought like, did you think this was a, a, a second yellow have you watched it back Lynn? On the day, uh, it was too far away. It was sort yeah. of middle of the pitch, wasn't it, to make a real judgment? But it looked like, well, it looked like as soon as the ref sent him off, it looked like oh, he must have been late. He must have, you know, left one on a dough there. Um, so I wasn't really, I was assuming it was a red, it was a red card until I'd heard how badly the Tramia fans booed the referee off at half time. But I've looked at it back on the replay, and in some respects, it looks like a bit of a fifty-fifty, doesn't it? You know, you could have probably given a foul against either of them. It's really difficult to tell who's committed a foul. I don't think that a dough did him any favors by going down, clutching him, sort of self-injured. But you know, fair enough. We have people do that against us was it was it harsh possibly I would have said it was possibly a harsh red card but he was on a yellow and he was as a second learned, yellow card yeah clear. exactly exactly he was on a, a yellow already and I say what, why take the risk in that situation let a doe win the ball he's not going to break on you that quickly and, and in the situation they were in he could have co- covered back couldn't he so he, he put his life in his hands and unfortunately the, the, the chips didn't fall his way and he, and he got another yellow for me it was a yellow I mean he okay, goes over enough. the ball and he stamps down yeah um, I watched it quite a few times for me it's, it's clumsy it's a bit messy yeah, it's, it's a bit league one um, but for me, um, it was a it was a second yellow, and um, I thought it was a fair yellow. When yeah, mm. Tranmere fans can winch all they want, but um, for me, that was second yellow. And I mean, it was a daft, as you said, Glenn. You know, it's it's not the you know it's not the kind. It was wherever it was in the pitch as well. Understand as a combative player, you know, you want to win those challenges. But when you're on the yellow, a little bit of common yeah. sense would have been to you know Silly. go inside footed. But he actually goes like steps over and, and stamps down. So for me, that was fair. And yeah, and it was for me. I thought you know that timing goes in at half time. Um, for me was then created an interesting test for Shrewsbury in the second half and how we were going to um, kind of react to going to, um, with Tranmere going a man down yeah and and I was expecting us to go on and get goals. To be honest with you, Ollie, I thought this is a, this is the best chance Ricketts is going to have to go to say yeah, we've got the attacking players here to score goals. All right, you've not seen it very often this season, but you know you had Cummins on the bench still. You could have potentially brought Wally on. You had um, Faye on the bench. There were so many options to go and score goals. So at half time, Ollie, I don't know if you agree, but I was expecting us to go and win this at least two or three nil. I was hoping so. Yeah, it was I, well, be, I was expecting yeah. it. Yeah, I, I was hoping so. I wouldn't expect too much in football. You know what's <laughs> going to happen. Um, but yeah, I was expecting us to um, to create lots of chances and try and score some goals. I think we did the first part. I think we created yes. lots of chances. Um, again, just ruin those opportunities. But I thought we started the half well. Um, and yeah, we got we got efforts in, and the whole half was really kind of littered with with chances for Shrewsbury. I mean, we definitely dominate the second half. Let's not be yeah. honest about it. I mean, Tramia did fight hard, and you've got I give them credit. To be honest with you, I thought they did a, a reasonable job of, of having ten men and still trying to keep us honest. And obviously, they had chances as the half went on as well that could have could have made it different. But in general, we had most of the ball. And we, well, I don't know if we had most of the ball. We had most of the good chances, I suppose. We still probably played a little bit on the counter attack because um, we were still playing five at the back with wing backs, and that tends to be the mode we're in, I suppose. So. Um, as I say, the possession, I think at the end of the game, they had more of the ball than us, even though they had 10 men from, from 45 minutes, which is a bit weird, isn't it? You might have thought we'd be casually stroking it around and, and, and have the possession, but it wasn't to be. But as I say, we did look much more dynamic in the transitions from when, from when they broke down and they did pass out play a lot and, and lose the ball a little bit. And we, we were good at kind of countering on them, weren't we? Yeah, it was definitely. I think that's a good summary of kind of the second half. I was disappointed that when um, Tramier got into like a, into their defensive block and we really struggled to break them down. And, you know, you could say, well, they had 10 men, but I guess they just took a striker off. So yeah. we we're playing with two strikers. So like, you know, defensively, they were the same team yes. effectively. Um, but that's just something that we really, really need to work on in terms of being able to break down a team that's defending. Um, and all of our chances, to my recollection, all came from 
counterattacks or when mm-hmm. we attack is, yeah. quickly, either you either you know one of Glynn's favourites pressing up front, yep. or and when we when we transitioned really fast, uh, moved through that move got, got got forward really quick. And I think it's fair to say we create quite a lot of chances. So Norburn hit the post. Blank had a nice effort from distance. Odo had a chance. Faye had a chance when he came on mm. um, after you know a scrappy attack. And yeah, I think it was a game where we certainly had chances to score more goals. We had 22 shots in total. Um, so it is, I'm disappointed that we didn't get more goals. Yeah, there was a couple where I thought, how have we not scored? But yeah, I think if you're going to look at the two, which I think were the best chances, was probably where we had a corner that Goss knocked in. Um, he had a few good corners again, to be fair, Goss, yeah. that we didn't do enough with, for my opinion. Um, and there was a scramble on the sort of right-hand side of the goal we were behind, and Pierre rifled it towards goal. Um, and to be fair to the defender, he was he was probably, I don't know, three foot out from the goal, and he cleared it off the line, basically. Yeah. Um, and even in that move, it got recycled, and Lang sort of was, was almost in on goal, but he got flagged offside. So I think that was probably one of those chances where I was like, I can't believe we haven't scored. All he had to do was just hit it up high into the net and it would have been in but I think Norburn's was a glorious chance you sent me to the left it would have gone in off the post really yeah. unlucky he hit it so hard that was half the problem I think is potentially just take a bit more off it and, and work on the accuracy but that's the way he plays in it he does rifle them in but um, it would have been a good story to score against his old club I think that the Tranmere fans might, might have imploded at that point they wouldn't have been best pleased so pro- probably best for, for safety that he didn't score but those for me of all the chances we had in the second half were probably the two and, and one of the things I was going to say is outside of all the chances we created which he just ran through there and there's probably even a few more that we haven't mentioned um my my negative of the second half without scoring the goals because I say we we what was it we had twenty two shots I think something like that in the whole game and and so we did create a lot of chances but we could have created more to be honest there was a yeah. fair few chances where we broke and the decision making of of particularly the midfield three just wasn't quite at it and and I would point a little bit at Laurent for making probably more of the mistakes in that situation sometimes he gets to the edge of the box and and it looks like if he had a bit more confidence in himself he'd do real damage and it's almost like he sometimes just gets to a point where he questions himself and turns back when he doesn't need to or should have a shot questions whether he should and plays out wide and maybe yeah he just almost makes the wrong decision sometimes which is a shame because he was the one that was probably the most devastating in those transitions in getting us forward Um, but it's almost like you wish he was passing it off to someone with a bit more you know where there was a John Nolan next to him who could then find the craft to play the right ball he's he's kind of got the dynamism but not quite the the sort of the way to unlock a defence like Nolan used to have so um I don't want to say he had a bad game because I thought he did okay in general, but just that was probably where we broke down a few times where we probably could have got even more chances, really, which was a shame. But yeah, I totally agree, Green. That was my frustration um, with Town's performance. Um, while we were defensively solid, um, we played really well. Um, mm. Decision making is really poor, and there's too many times where we do make that wrong decision. Either we dwell on the ball for too long, or yeah, we turn back and pass, or we don't, um, you know, don't pass properly or you know it's just it is very frustrating that we're a little bit sloppy when it's when it goes forward and it's funny you mentioned um nolan because i was in the gym this morning on the bike and i was started to watch the quest um got um quest um goals for league one all right and um norwich uh, norwich ipswich's penalty yeah. came from a through ball from nolan okay. in, the, in the center of the pitch and yeah just that little bit of craft Mm. Um, it's what is kind of lacking from our um, our midfield at the moment. It is, and it's interesting to think which of them could provide that. Because the question I was thinking of asking you was, you know, you've, you've obviously gone up against ten men. Um, we've still got two up front, which is which is fine. Obviously, I think that we we didn't change that until quite late on. Um, but it just felt a little bit like if you could have swapped out Lauren or Norburn or uh, for for a, a more, as you say, tricky jinky kind of player that could find those gaps like a Nolan, you would have done that early on in the well, second we don't half. Have I think a number ten, do we? We don't. We don't. Where so the Wally, thing we and that's one thing I actually thought we'd sign. Yeah, um, because remember when we played? Because it's really funny. Mark 
um, on Twitter has given me some abuse for forgetting that we played, you know, wing backs and sent three defenders when we got promoted with Mickey Mellon out of League Two. I completely forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, but in that team, we had had um, Bobby Grant playing as a number ten. Exactly. Um, and I do like a number ten when you're playing wing backs because there's that that space behind the two strikers. And yeah, a, a Nolan in this team, man, that would make a huge difference. It would. It would. I, th- I think the only one that maybe could have done that role, as we've seen him do a couple of times, a decent effect, is Wally. But um, I say he yeah, didn't. Not a passer, is he? He's not. He's, no. a, he's, he's a runner. He's like a. He's like a, a central winger, and but like Bale was when he was for Tottenham. You know, very effective in those areas. But yeah. he's not going to do a nice little through ball, is he? For like Wall, like Nolan would do. No, but I think unlike Laurent, when he got to the edge of the box, he would have kept going, and he might have won a pen, or he might have yeah. scrappily got it across to someone. I think that's that big difference there in that in that final third, really. But we're probably nitpicking a little bit because they certainly created enough good chances to have scored more than a few goals. And I think yeah. it's one of those one of those days where I think a few of the lads will go look on him on the bus, thinking, "I can't believe I haven't got a goal there, or we should have scored more." But at the end of the day, it, it's three points, isn't it? I suppose so. We can't exactly. be too negative. But I mean, looking at looking at the positives, I thought, as I say, in that second half, the the defense was had marshaled the, the little attacks that um, Tramier did have. Really really well um, and uh, the back three all impressed me during that game and someone who, who's impressed me every game pretty much we've had so far and hasn't made too many mistakes that I can remember but we relied on him really near the end and was Max O'Leary he made an unbelievable save to essentially win us the game as far as I'm concerned yeah absolutely fantastic say so basically because we never got that second goal which we really needed which we should have and we should have got and we tried to get in, in defence of the team um, we didn't have yep. it and yeah Tranmere really started to push forward at the end and it was yeah it was almost like oh if we drew this game that would have been terrible um, would have been but that's, that's, that, yeah that's just football isn't it so that the fact that we only had a one goal advantage was something for Tramir to keep on going and um, it took a fantastic save um, from Alira at the end of the mm. game to secure three points so yeah fantastic save for him um, yeah um, he had a really good game some really good saves he again did. he got get some feedback and he gets feedback from his colleagues about his distribution sometimes and sometimes not throwing the ball quick enough um, but yeah, as a shot stopper, um, he's a very, very good um, goalkeeper. And after last week, he had a bit of a problem with his kicking, didn't he? But there was nothing wrong with his kicking on Saturday. It was accurate. No. It was long, and he was thrown out occasionally. And 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 he came out and really was was dominant when he needed to be again. So he was back to basically the the, the player we've seen uh, over the last few weeks. Really, I think the Fleetwood game might be a bit of an aberration for him. Really, it's 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 um it's certainly not what we're going to see from him every week. I don't think. Um, and in terms of players, you know, players weren't really mentioned too much. I thought Goss again at the base of the midfield. Some of the passes he played, particularly in the second half when he had the space, pinging it left and right was was fantastic to watch. He was getting really good at picking out Giles and Love when they did push up. One of the things I was a bit disappointed about second half was they didn't maybe get forward as much as I thought they would have done at times. And as the game kind of petered out, we we did sort of maybe go a little bit defensive minded for the last five minutes. But I suppose you can understand that you've had the chances, you've missed them, and it's almost like a case of no, we don't want to come away losing this. So you know he brings Walker on, doesn't he, and makes a couple more maybe defensive minded changes. But I'm probably not going to be too hard on it this week because. I can kind of see what it was doing, and you can't be hard on it when actually it worked and it and it, and it helped see the game out, didn't it? Yeah, I, I was hoping to see the the, um, the overlap in fullback and um, um, yeah. central defenders, which could have helped maybe overload um, them. But yeah, we were winning one 0 away from exactly. home, so a bit of you know a bit of pragmatism isn't a problem. And I think just obviously what we're discussing some of the things that we need to improve on. Um, you know, it was a really good victory. Yeah, um, definitely and left the ground chuffed, um, getting a bit wet as it started raining, but it didn't matter. I didn't care. I was really pleased we got the win. Um, really pleased to see all the chance creation. 
Um, and yeah, we're pleased with um, the town performance overall. I, I should say the only reason Walker came on, I'm convinced of it, is that he came on for Norburn right at the end so that Norburn could get like a, a yeah. stand innovation. And I'm pretty sure Ricketts did that only just to wind up the tram for hands, which is fine. I'm, I'm all right with that, to be honest with you. So, um, I don't, and one I don't... more change actually worth mentioning that we've got all these strikers, but I mean, yes. brought Thompson on. So I don't know whether yeah, that was, was a bit of, he is really fast. Um, but whether that was just a little bit of um, a bit of a message to the to the other strikers that he's not happy with their performances, I'm not sure. But yeah, the the the, um, the, the conspiracy theorists have got something to work on there, maybe. Yeah, interesting. I think Thompson definitely is probably the most dynamic runner we've got on with the ball. And as it was that as that game was developing in terms of running at Tranmere, I think maybe he did do pretty well when he came on with running with the ball. I, I thought he did all right when he came on. So again, I'm not not going to pick too many holes in that. But it, it is interesting about we've got a question later on about Morrison, haven't we? Which we'll come back to later on so um oh that's interesting i think this thing is fair i mean yeah say left the ground raining and no one was bothered there was loads of like high fives and stuff under the stands and it was it was just such a good away day people were really happy and um we were walking back to the car and if you remember a few years ago on the podcast we talked about um a, a fan who was working away from home i think his name's michael and he played for the wastewaters on saturday morning first time i'd ever met him really nice guy and his dad sent a message into the podcast saying my son listens to the podcast out in i think it was east asia somewhere um he said can i list he listened to the podcast where he said can you say hello to my son and we did it on the podcast I finally met those two guys now on, on Saturday okay, and cool. um and, and Mike played for the way sport, as I said, really good, did a good stint at left-back. But his dad, as we were walking back up the road to the car, he'd been out running, fell running earlier that day, and he'd um, injured his ankle. So oh, sure. me and the few of the lads who were in my car walked him back to his car, and eventually jumped in my car, and I took him then up to where his son was, who was further up the road, so he didn't have to walk. And it was just one of those things where it's like, and he got in the car, he was like, you, you talked about me on the podcast. I was like, I couldn't remember at first, and then he reminded me what it was. I was like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you sort of thing. So good that we met someone who's sort of had a link with the with the podcast before it was it was nice to meet them and so yeah i just wanted to they'll probably be listening I just sort of said good to meet you guys on saturday really yeah that's a nice story so yeah top three we'll just get into that ollie a lot of, unlike last week where we could only pick lang and there was a lot more candidates for top three this week and um yeah i think uh looking at sort of social media and what people have been saying i think there was a lot of people that sort of spread their vote across four or five different players this week which i think is completely fair because there was a lot of lads that stood out but um for me, I went for Pierre this week, Ollie. Um, obviously, he, he scored or not scored. Um, but I thought his overall performance level, he, he really marshaled the, the attackers for Tranmere really well. He kind of sort of showed a bit of leadership for me in terms of the way he played that game. Um, and he, he looked good sort of in the, in the defensive situations. But also when we had corners, he was probably the most likely to score as well. So I thought he was fantastic. I went for Max, um, again, because of his general play, but also because of those two vital saves he made in the game. And um, I went for Lang third place uh, again worked his socks off, ran himself, he basically ploughed a furrow in the field that game, he did not stop running the whole match, um, and my only real negative coming out of that game was that he seemed to get a, a bit of an ankle knock at the end of it and went off injured, so kind of hoping that he's not really badly injured, but those three for me were the, were the standouts, Ollie. Yeah, I went for Norburn first, um, okay. and that was my poly because also the way he led the team, I was yeah, keeping a bit quiet, because obviously where we are at Tramway, it's really steep away end, I was keeping my eye on Norburn in between kind of bits of play, and he was talking to players all the time, I remember there was one time where Giles could have been a bit quicker in the tackle. He was, you know, telling him to, you know, kind of keep his game up. And for me, I thought it was a really good captain's performance for Norburn in terms of kind of keeping keep people going and keep keeping mm. the team going. Also, he created two good chances for himself. And I thought he had a really good performance in a quite a high-pressure game for him as well. So I thought his performance was really good. I went for Pierre because defensively he won so many headers and he yeah. marshaled the defence and obviously he, he created the assist for the goal and I had to put O'Leary third because of those two saves he made um, in the game were key and yeah you're right Glenn it was one of those weeks where it was um, 
much easier to pick a top three. And yeah, yeah Lang just just missed out. Um, so yeah, that was that. And in terms of just kind of closing this game off before we get to Sam Ricketts' comments, um, I thought um, I think it's fair to say that Tramir are a pretty poor side, um, and I'm not surprised <laughs> that they're you know rooted to near the bottom of the table. It doesn't feel like Mickey Mellon's learned any lessons about League One, does it? From his apparently, he changes formation every week as well, mm. which and what BBC Shropshire were informing us before the game started. Not ideal. They they looked pretty. Um... They had a lot of defenders injured, apparently, but still. Yes, they had one fit centre back, didn't they? Which again does worry you. He's that when a beast, he scored one though. goal. He... <laughs> he was massive. Yeah. And Payne looked all right, didn't he? In the in the tra- and I think Connor Jennings is not a bad player. He was a bit naive, I suppose. Um, but it just yeah, I get the feeling that Mellon's still struggling to figure out that that way of winning in um, in in League One and any. As he always said for us, fine margins, Ollie, wasn't it? And it was a game of fine margins again for Tranmere, but he always seems to come out on the wrong end of those fine margins in League One. So he's certainly still got a bit of bit of work to do before he can consider himself a sort of consistent League One manager, I think. Yeah, he needs to work on those fine margins and cut the, <laughs> turn the fine margins in his favour so he doesn't get red cards and exactly. miss those chances so he can improve his, his fine margins and get more points. And at the end of the game, Harold Sam Ricketts was pumping his chest and giving giving fist pumps to the fans as he went along. He was thoroughly pleased with that result, wasn't he? And I think that it, it, it probably the reason I think he was so dynamic at the end of the game was that they needed a massive reaction after what happened at Fleetwood, and he and he got a win. That's all he would have wanted was a win. Don't think he would really have really cared how it came. So um, you, you know, that's the most delighted I've seen him after a result since we we probably came back for them for that four three at Accrington or Stoke last year, where he was just that animated. He, you certainly really love that result. Yeah, he, he you know like most good football managers he's quite conscious about the fans um, yep. the impact they can play both positive and negative on the team and obviously the impact that you can have having a team and um, fans behind you and he definitely I think he appreciated the support of the fans and the fact the fans were chanting all, all game and yeah it allowed him and yeah obviously he was very chuffed with the results so what did he have to say um, he thought it was a very thoroughly a thoroughly professional performance. It was a really good reaction to the disappointment of last week. And we spoke about it and the players were very, very right about it. But what we saw was a team, who's so talking about today, full of commitment, togetherness. We worked incredibly hard and wanted to wanted it and not get broken down. On the break, we moved the ball sometimes well today, but I think if we moved the ball really well, then we could have gone to score more. But we still have opportunity to hit the post, a couple of good saves in their keeper, and Max made that one at the end. So fair comments from Ricketts. I think he always he normally is pretty honest, isn't he, in his post-match summaries. And yeah, mm-hmm. as he said there, we could have created more chances. We still did create chances, and we should have scored more. Um, but maybe maybe we're saving those goals for another another game. Yeah, I think his, his comments were fair. There was I was noticing there's a couple of people on Twitter sort of asking questions about a specific comment he said, where he said he thought the fans were brilliant in a positive way this week. Maybe intimating that he didn't think we were always that positive. But I, I don't know. I haven't seen that comment, so I don't quite know what it's about. Yeah. But I might revisit that in the week and, and see what it's about, and, and maybe we can discuss it on on Twitter next tomorrow or something. But yeah, that was the only thing I think I saw about his interview. I, I, I say I listened to Pierre's interview on the way because we got um, sort of um, Radio Shropshire working on. Uh, um, uh, on the on the BBC Sounds app on the way home to sort of kind yeah. of listen to what was what. Oh, you do that got, quite a lot. It's good. I've it? got to say, it's when Telford don't play, they don't have a lot to talk about. And I thought that the overall for a sports show, I thought it was god awful. And I know that's a bit harsh because we know sort of Mark Elliott and, and I know Dunny and no 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 knock on them or even Nick Southall really, who obviously was there on Saturday, I think, rather than Mark. No knock on those guys. I thought that um, you know the, the stuff they do when they do it about football is good and Dunny's insightful. Nick Southall made some good points during that post-match show. But it's almost like they don't care enough at Radio Shropshire to cover football for an hour because they played music, they played some in- interviews that had really nothing to do with what happened on the day. And I, I, It's so funny because I sit here and I listen to us talk for an hour about football on a Sunday night, a day later. And, and 
I don't know. It's, it's not that is hard it to talk about something. Because <laughs> the, the, there isn't enough engagement from the fans, just maybe well, those who don't phone up and possibly, and maybe possibly. also they've just covered the game, so analysing it straight away is a bit too quick. Maybe possibly, possibly, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's a sports show. I've, I, I remember we show if, if there isn't enough content. Maybe yeah, do it half hour and then, and then yeah. go off and do something else. I, you know, it, it seems like you end, you sort of listening to it and you ended up listening to. And I don't mind the local scores. I think that's fine. It's good to know whatever local scores are for other people in Shropshire. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of playing music during sports shows. It just it boggles my mind, really. But there we go. I've had my rant about really Shropshire for the year. I'll, I'll revisit that next year, Ollie. But um, yeah, so we listed that on the way. I was going to say listed that on the way when they listened to Pierre. And I thought Pierre. I've not really heard him speak too many times. I think I've listened to one of his pre-matches. He speaks really well, doesn't he? He's a, he's a very switched-on bloke. The um, post-matches weren't on iFollow, so I couldn't oh, watch the Sam Ricketts or the Pierre one. I had to use the Shooter Town website. I did give okay. Ian some feedback on that, but um, <laughs> unfortunately, he wasn't on there. No, no. Well, Pierre, I was just going to say, I, I think you sound like, a, sound like a really nice bloke. And, and I say he, he was very clear about the, uh, the goal <laughs> was his. He was not having any of it. So, um, funny yeah, you mentioned we'll that to you. You just reminded me of something. So, again, I was in the gym on Friday listening to the um, Sam Ricketts and Pierre, uh, sorry, the Goss interview. And I yeah, thought Goss, it was really yeah. interesting, actually, that there seems to be a real, um, real um, genuine sense of togetherness in the squad. And Goss was talking about how he lives with, um, he lives with um, Jason Cummings. Um, okay. which drew a few smiles. He sounds like he's a bit of a character, always wants to play FIFA <laughs> and Fortnite, apparently. Um, you can imagine does, yeah, you can imagine he doesn't <laughs> want to stop. Um, but yeah, but from when I was, Goss was talking, he seems like there's a real togetherness in the squad. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that yeah, the, post, the post-matches um, seem to uh, um, allude to that as well. I'm starting to get that vibe as well because did you watch the um, McCormick uh, questions yeah, that thing that, that really the club funny. did? And let's give the media team some credit here, or, or the guys behind those videos, particularly the the sort of opportunity to ask the fan, uh, ask the players questions on Twitter and social media, and then they do a video, they record the answers, and and those are the sorts of engaging um, bits of content that I think are really good for fans because and you get to kind like of all know the players joined in as well. Yes. Like he wasn't he wasn't on his own; he was being exactly. bullied, which was not bullied, but you know, he was a lot of banter <laughs> flying around. Let's put it that way. That's what I was about to say. That that to me again showed that there was obviously a little like clique, maybe the young lads that are really enjoying each other. Company he was talking about Barney. He was talking about Callum Lang's hair, all sorts of bits of pieces. I think that again shows that there's obviously this this little bit of a bond between these players now. Um, and so yeah, that, that was really just reflecting on what you just said. But I thought if anyone hasn't seen that interview on on the Shrewsbury YouTube channel, go and check it out because it gives you a real good insight. As well, um, we'll yeah. retweet it on Monday maybe as well. He's like he's like a mini Joe Cole. As what I described him as. So yeah, go and give it a listen. He's a cheeky chappy. Um, so yeah, that was it really. So it's, it's good to. It's always good to hear the players a little bit as well. So um, yeah, thoroughly good day out, Ollie. I yeah. enjoyed myself a lot. So we shall wrap up uh, three points there and move on to South News. Richards, the goalkeepers. Oh, and it's poor handling. It's a gift of a goal. Fermi defence couldn't do anything about that. It looked an easy take here for Fon Williams. Launched in by Richards and it ended up being a tap-in for the debutant first game on loan from Sheffield United and that will do for Chris Porter so Salop News just just had a bit of breaking news come through Ollie I was just looking at Twitter between our recording sessions and um, we've actually had Gilo uh, called up for the England under 20s I think he missed out on the squad originally so um, interesting that he's sort of been called up possibly as a, as a backup player and he's still involved in that now but obviously the international weekend starts this week doesn't it now um, but we don't have a game next weekend because obviously Berry are not in the league anymore so we, we don't have a game next weekend so it's not going to mean that we have to call a game off like we did last time which I suppose is quite good for town fans isn't it because 
No, off Adrian Durham. Um, so I think it, it's kind of good time for us, and good to see him getting recognition again from his good start for us. And we assume that the the Grenade and lads will be out again. I didn't see their squad get announced yet. So um, yeah, it'd be good to have some uh, you know someone to watch again in the international weekends, won't it? Yeah, no, definitely someone to follow and good to good luck to the lad. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't come back injured. <laughs> Hopefully not. No. Um, I suppose the only other news I was going to cover, Ollie, before we move on, some of the questions you've sourced this week was I did mention at the top of the show the away sport was relaunching, and and we sort of had a game at Chester on Saturday. Um, which was great. As I said, we won 2-0. Um, had a, a new player come... Oh, we had four new players start this week and also a player who hadn't played for about six or seven years, um, Danny Hoff, who came back and, and scored... or uh, didn't score, but got man of the match. So it's been an interesting start to the season. We've had um, 39 players play for the away sporters now in five games, which is a great testament to how many people wanted to be involved in this team and have still got people that haven't quite played yet, which is which is great. So it's been, it's been a great start, to be fair. But I wanted just to stop now and have a pause because we've had a fundraiser going on, which I mentioned, say, three weeks ago when it started to raise some money to get the away supporters back in um, a Shrewsbury Town kit because we've been borrowing a Sunday League kit and that finishes tonight now so I just want to say thank you to everyone that contributed because we hit our target um, and obviously in the next couple of weeks now we should be getting a full 21 set of Shrewsbury Town home kits for the away supporters this season so it'd be great to get the lads back in the blue and amber um, and I just wanted to pass on a personal thanks really as, as someone who's been behind that so if anyone's listening and they contributed thanks very much for that cool good news yeah it has been it's been good fun and what, what news have we got in terms of questions this week? Yes, we've as we always do put out a request for questions. So um, Gabriel Sutton, who's a journalist, asked us, "Are we happy with Callum Lang's start?" Um, as we alluded to in the game, I thought he was fantastic. Um, hopefully, his, his ankle injuries he's not going to. Well, we've obviously got a couple of weeks to recover now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're really pleased with Callum Lang. Fox in the box, you know, he's skillful. He works really hard. He looks like a really, really solid striker and a very, really, really good addition. Mm, I'll go further than that, Ollie. I'd say since we signed Callum Lang, he's been our best footballer at this football club. His performance level's been the best, his yeah. output's been the best, and it, and his overall quality seems to have shone through more than most of them during that period. Even when we had that poor game last week, he, he still stood out. So to me, he's been you know a, an absolutely excellent signing and um, someone that's actually changed changed the game for us going forward. So um, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, but you know you can just see he's a, he's a lad that's played at this level and, and just below a few games now, and he had a preseason and he's fit. So Credit to Ricketts, he, he brought in the right player at the right time, really, with Callum Lang. Yeah, top quality player, I definitely agree mm. with that. Um, and then Tom Griff um, said, um, you know, should we just fast forward to the end of the season? We're going <laughs> to we're going to lose some, we're going to win some. Might also give us 12th place now. Um, and I said to him, enjoy the journey. But um, I think that's where we are, aren't we? You know, we kind of expected to finish mid-table. And if yep. you finish mid-table, like we said last week... Um, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a much better performance this week and hopefully um, something to build on again. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, should we fast forward to the end of the season? I mean, it'd be a bit boring if we did. I, <laughs> I do quite like the football season. and I've you know, seen a lot in... of Berry fans wishing they were playing. So yeah, I think we should enjoy the season. But I know it's exactly. kind of a cheap comment from Tom to that. Yeah, and I don't perceive the season to be as bad as last year. So it is going to be more enjoyable than the slog that was last year. So And, and at the end of the day, you know, it's it's two weeks in a row now where one game we've suddenly looked like a, a relegation fodder team. Um, and then the next week we've looked like a team that can go away and do a professional job somewhere. And if they can put it all together, Together on a more regular basis could push for the playoffs. You know, with three points off the playoffs, you know, is 12th the, the, the limit of our ambitions this season? It shouldn't be. It, you know, the position we're in now, how we've started, 12th should be the minimum expectation, I think, going forward. So I'd be happy if we end up there at the end of the season. But yeah, as I say, we could be much higher now. You know, there's a, not much of a gap between us and some of the upper echelon places. And there's certainly games coming up where we can pick up points. So if we finish 12th, I think most people will be happy. Um, 
but I certainly think that should be the limit of our expectations now. Why not as a fan base? Let's get behind them again. Let's let's think we could go somewhere now. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that game where we're going to bag loads. I think we'll, that will come. There'll be a game when we mm. bag load of goals. Yeah, um, maybe Bristol Rovers at home. That'd be fun again. But um, yeah, I oh, think yeah, the yeah, we're definitely a team in progress, um, and I think that just needs to be remembered. You know, when I think a lot of people were getting quite angry quite quickly, um, and I understand. You know, we spoke about it last week again, <laughs> not to go back, that we need to score goals at home. I think to yes, please some of the fans. Still. I think the way fans are in a very positive mindset. So yeah, I think the home fans just need to see some goals, and I'm sure they'll be back in the team. Not just goals. I think more a consistent performance because even yeah. the, the South End game didn't really help that much because it was so topsy turvy and there was issues down the other end, didn't it? But They're goals would help just give people a bit of bit of joy and also mm. some confidence in the formation tactics and players and everything. Could you know have some goals and, and victories? You're right, victories help, but I think goals would help even more. A solid, convincing home win yeah, is exactly what we need. Them. A 2-0 two, two win, uh, yeah, a couple of them, will be fair set before Christmas. I think, you know, this result, get three or four more, five more wins before Christmas. Ricketts is going to be in a situation at Christmas time where he's got free reign to do what he wants in the in the transfer market. There's not going to be much pressure on him. You know, there's an opportunity then to, to really kick on. So, yeah, it's next few months. If we can just stick in and amongst it, we'll, we'll be fine, I think. So um, we'll have to see how it goes. But, yeah, let's not have fan forwards at the end of the season. I'm, I'm going to like that. I enjoy the journey, Ollie, like you do. And um, I'd miss out on fun trips like we had on Saturday, to be honest with you. That's part exactly. of what my Saturdays are all about. It's, that's why I like being a football exactly. fan and a huge Lighten town up, fan. Tom. So, up. Yeah. yeah, he's all right, Tom. <laughs> I'll tell him that on Saturday when he sits in front of me. Well, next two weeks' time. And you asked yourself a question, Glenn. Well, yeah, you're asking for questions. Something that sort of occurred to me driving home was, and I didn't really cl- clicked until some, we were talking, really, is that Steve Morrison's now not made the, f- the, f- the three last squads. So it's not like he's not just played. He hasn't made the squad. Um and I was wondering what you thought about that, Ollie, because obviously it's, this coincides with that period where suddenly he's been very vocal. He's done an interview with Tifo that we talked about, but then he followed that up with an interview with the Shropshire Star about it all. Um, and then he followed up with an interview on TalkSport as well. So he's obviously been doing a lot of media work, but suddenly he's he's fallen completely out of favour. So do you just put that down to the fact that we brought two strikers in and he's fallen down the pecking order because of his poor start? Or is that maybe something else behind it? You know, focus? I don't know. I'm going to be a, a, bearing, I'm going to be a, a politician and ask you a question back. <laughs> Would you have dropped... Um, either Cummings, Okinabiri or Worley to accommodate Morrison on the bench? Yeah, I probably would have... This is going to sound really weird because I don't think Morrison's been very good. But he offers something different to those three in that if we needed a target man, particularly against um, Fleetwood last week where there were games where we were were hitting it long and we probably would have wanted a target man rather than the short lads, um, I I think there's an argument to say that actually, you know, he doesn't need to be starting for us, but he's probably deserving of a place on the bench as a different option, you know, that plan B, rather than, say, Wally or or Faye. So this, this is a part of me that thinks he probably should be getting on the bench, but maybe he is just not rated at all by Ricketts at the moment and he just doesn't want him anywhere near the squad. I don't know. It's hard to tell what's gone on, but it is interesting that he's gone from starting every week to now not making the squad, isn't it? I think I think it's a, con- a coincidence. Um, okay. but I think there's just better strikers ahead of him. But I think yeah, it's a really good sure. point. And considering that, um, apart from that one solid central defender they had, I think it, his name is Month or something like that. The, the, he was an absolutely superb defender. I think he was. Yeah. I think he was number six, the, uh, the big lad. Um, that was good. But yeah. if we could have put Morrison on the other strike or the other central defender, sorry, um, that would have been an interesting comeback. So I think it's a good point, Glenn. But you didn't answer my question. Would you have dropped those three to put Morrison on the bench? One of those three, you mean? Yeah. Would you yeah, have I, done think it? I, you would I think have maybe done. I would okay. have done, but yeah. uh, as I say, just because of just because of that other option, not because I think he'd come on and 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 you know Score someone would come trick. on. Yeah, exactly. But he might be that 
And again, we might be 2-0 up in a game where he wants to be a bit more defensive. You might, you might want his height for defending corners and stuff. There's, there's options where, where Morrison would probably be a better substitution in that situation than bringing Faye on. I, I don't know. You know, It's Ricketts' choice, and I don't think it's really affected us at all so far. But I just, I just find it interesting that he's yeah. kind of been completely bombed out. And then we had a question from Alison Harvey as well about Luke McCormick, didn't we, in terms of, I say, I saw his interview in the week, and it's really good, but he's, he's someone who's struggling to get football and ended up playing um, for the Central League Reserve team in yeah. the week, which is a bit of a come down for someone so highly rated from Chelsea. And again, I think it's just we've got a big squad now, haven't we? Yeah, I think you know, and you know, people question why you sign these players, but you don't know you're going to get Thompson on loan from Norwich. Um, you don't know how the transfer window is going to kind of plan out. So I think he's a, I think he's a bit of a victim of that. Um, be mm. interesting to see if Chelsea um, and Joe Cole is happy with him being out on loan and not playing. Um, but um, yeah, he seemed happy enough on that video. But um, you never yes. know. It's a long season. He might get that chance. Yep. It is, and it's probably just worth looking as as we sort of stayed twelfth, just so everyone knows. Yeah. On Saturday, you know, we didn't move, but obviously we we got close to the playoffs and, and distanced ourselves from the relegation trouble. So it's ten points above the relegation line, so we don't have to worry about that for a few weeks, and only three from the playoffs. But some interesting results around League One on Saturday, are you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, Wimbledon got a three-two victory against Rochdale at home, which mm. is a key one. Um, Oxford were brought back down to earth with a two-all way draw to Accrington Stanley, who seems to be their bogey team as well. They seem to be bogey team for a lot of teams. Yeah, and Ipswich carried on as we said. You know they're a fantastic seed and side, and yeah, got a narrow one nil victory over Fleetwood. Um, Portsmouth finally got a victory um, after Doncaster had a good start. Um, Coventry, oh my god, they gave away some horrendous goals to lose four nil to Rotherham. Um, and yeah and Wickham drew three all with Peterborough so quite a few interesting results in the league this week yeah and Lincoln beat in Sunderland 2-0 yeah. was a bit of a one that stood out to me as well they, they, they've not been doing well this season and Jack Sunderland, Ross is under a lot of pressure now yeah you, you suspect he might be the next to go they're probably a win away from him getting sacked if, if not already a defeat so, um, away you mean yeah sorry sorry win away <laughs> <laughs> well Sunderland fans are pretty uh, commanding aren't they of their managers and so it might not be enough but yeah if they if they lose the next one drop out the playoffs I can imagine they'll just panic and get rid of him um It'll be interesting to see who comes in to do a job there. But yeah, but they've already fallen like, you know, what is it, eight points behind Ipswich already? They wouldn't have expected that. But as I say, the league table's still in its formative stages, isn't it? Because we've got a hand on a game in hand on Lincoln and Oxford on 12. But obviously then there's Rotherham, Burton, Gillingham and Portsmouth just below us by a few points. have all got one or two or three games in hand on it's us. It's a so, mess, isn't it? I wish it had just sorted itself out. The whole league is an absolute clusterfuck um, yeah, with 23 teams, <laughs> Bolton playing nine games. Um, Portsmouth playing nine games so yeah if Portsmouth Portsmouth play three less games um, from Wickham they win their nine games in hand and they're third yeah yeah, which and they haven't started well to be fair, but they've they've picked up over the last couple of weeks, haven't they? So um, we're one to keep an eye on Portsmouth. Really. I think they I just said they're nine good. games in hand. They're three games in hand and get <laughs> <No>. nine points. <laughs> they and they played nine as well. That's yeah. probably what confused you. Um, so there's that as well. So obviously we've got the next game to predict in a couple of weeks, and we should just mention we haven't got a game next weekend, have we? Because the Berry game's off, so we're not going to do a podcast next week. We're gonna have a week off because it's been a very intense start to the season, hasn't it, Ollie? But um, you did well in your predictions for um the game that we just played on Saturday against Tranmere. You went for a town to win two one, obviously. We didn't win two one, but we did win. So you got a point on the on the prediction league for that. I think you're still trailing by a few yeah, points. Yeah, I've, I've only got the res- got the the kind of the overall result right a few times, but haven't actually yes. got one bang on yet. No, I think I've got two so far. Yeah. So yeah, bit of work to do there, but you're on the way back. Um, so yeah, we're going to predict the next game, which is well, the next game isn't the next game. The next game is the leasingcom.com trophy, Newcastle United B team um, in the week, which I'm not going to talk about unless you want to, but I don't think we should. Um, but the next proper game is Lincoln on the 18th of October, which is annoying because it's one of those games that Lincoln have decided to move from a Saturday to a Friday night, which means I'm not going to go. But it'll be on iFollow, I think, which is good. So I'll probably watch it on iFollow rather than go. I'm going to meet a supplier in Manchester on that day. 
So I don't know okay. whether I do a big loop and drive around Oof, or if I come back. Mate. Good luck with that. I'm definitely not going. Anyway, but what do you think is going to happen with Lincoln? They've kind of, they kind of struggled a bit in the last few weeks. Yeah, but then they got a good result. With, and Appleton's going to have a bit more time to work his magic. He's a good manager. He did really yeah. well at Oxford. Yeah, I like Appleton. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Okay, Friday night in Lincoln. I reckon it's one of those games where under the lights they're going to be pretty difficult to beat. Um, and I am positive about the town, but this is again another tricky away game, I think. You know, not one you'd expect to go and win, to be honest with you. I know they only just came up, so maybe other people might have different expectations, but I think I've always thought we struggled at Lincoln over the years just because of the distance, so I will go for us I go for us to lose 1-0. I think we'll be solid defensively, but struggle to score and they'll probably just nick one on it okay cool so yeah i didn't think we'd get to an hour we're only having one game yeah. but as always lots to talk about um yeah lots and lots of things to talk about um so yeah thanks guys for listening thanks again glenn it's been fun it's good hopefully the audio sounds better as i said so we'll, we'll ask for some feedback on that this week but um yeah thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you in two weeks time oh!